Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Well, I want you to take your Bibles out and um, we're going to open the Word of God together. For those of you who don't know, my name's David. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just so honored to be able to bring the Word to you today. And I believe that God has something in store for every single one of us today. How many of you, how many of you believe that song, that we have joy? Amen? Is anybody happy this morning? Amen. Okay. That was almost convincing. It was almost, I almost believed you. I, I want to uh, tell you something. Uh, this, I, I got this text from my wife this morning. She, yeah, amen. And uh, she, says, she said, uh, Elliot was talking to her. Elliot is my youngest. He's five years old. And he said this. He says, Mom, for my birthday... I want to go the, where the pandas are and save them. They're endangered, you know. Wesley can come with me. That's his friend. That's Pastor Josh's son he talked about earlier. He says, Wesley can come with me. He isn't scared. I have a plan to save them. I will go and train the scary animals to attack the people who are shooting the pandas. <laughs> That's what I want to do for my birthday. You know, I got that, and obviously I, I laughed um, because that's uh, pretty funny. Uh, th that, that plan, I don't know if it's rock solid, but it's pretty good. And, um, and when, I, when I heard that, I was like, you know what? There's something really powerful about the way that a kid thinks about what can be done. When, when you talk to a child, a child... They don't have years of reasons why it won't work. They don't have to connect all of the dots. They don't have to put all of the pieces together. And let's be honest, they don't even have to understand how animals actually work. He, he's ready to go save the pandas. He doesn't know where they are. You know, he's probably thinking Humble Park, but he, he doesn't. He doesn't know any of that, but he's, he's just ready to go save the pandas. And I, I believe that God is honored when we believe that there is more in store. I believe that God is honored when, when crazy ideas fill our mind and, and those ideas, we say, you know what, with God, nothing is impossible. Well, I believe that God is honored when there's ideas that come into our hearts and our, and our spirits and we say, you know what, with God there's always enough. Today, I, I want to I look at a passage that um, is, it's been, it's been for me, it's been something that has really, I, I've been so challenged by this passage because I believe that Jesus is explaining to his disciples, he's saying to them, look guys, you need to get out of your natural thinking and you need to start thinking supernaturally. You need to get out of your small thinking. 
your means, your ability, and get into God's ability, his means. You know, when you, when you think differently, you act differently. And, and how you see reality determines the way that you think. And so today's message is, is very much a message about our perceptions. It's very much a message about how do you look at things? How, are, how do you perceive the world? How do you perceive God? How do you perceive the call of God on your life? Did you know that if you're a believer in Jesus, you are in full-time ministry? Sometimes we, we make a distinction. We say, well, those, the people that work at the church or missionaries, they're in full-time ministry. But we're, we're believers. We are all in full-time ministry. That means that your number one call is to fulfill the plan of God. It is to push the kingdom of God forward. Whatever you do for money is secondary. That is just, that is something that God uses and he gives you gifts for that. And I'm not discounting that in any way. But all I'm saying is that our number one priority is to fulfill the plan of God. We are here to bring God glory through everything that we do. And I need you to understand that before we even read this text. Because if we read this text... And you think of yourself as someone who doesn't do ministry. You're going to miss it. Some of you, even if you're a new believer, maybe you've only been saved a week. Maybe you've only known Jesus for a couple days. I want to tell you something. Your life mission has now been altered and changed. God wants to use you. All of us are to be used by God. And, and I want to look at this text here today. Because I believe that when we see how Jesus looks at the world, we're going to change the way that we respond to circumstances that come to us. And we're going to change the way that we pray and the way that we believe. So let me explain to you um, what, what's going on. The context of this passage is right after the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Some of you might be familiar with this story. If not, I'm going to give you just a brief uh, uh, explanation. And if you've never heard it before, or even if you have, I encourage you to go back and read it. It's in John chapter 4. And basically what Jesus did is he was traveling with his disciples through Samar Samaria. And he wasn't stopping there necessarily uh, to, to do ministry per se. But he was going through. And when he stopped in Samaria, the Bible says that he was tired. He was really tired. And so he sat down at a well. It was in the middle of the day, and there was a woman that came. And a woman came because she was embarrassed to come in the morning when all of the other women were gathering the water from the well. And the reason that she was embarrassed is because she was a sinful woman. She had done a lot of things wrong, and the reproach of the town was on her. And so when she came to the well, Jesus began to minister to her. Now, a couple things that you need to understand is that in those days, men were not supposed to talk to women. And so when Jesus sat down, there was so many things that were wrong with this picture. First of all, Jesus was alone with this woman, and he was talking with her. And not only was she a woman, but she was a Samaritan woman. 
And the Jews did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritans were the equivalent of like uh, some sort of cult. Um, they, were, they were people that were not liked. They were a mix of, of different religions in a sense. And so when, when Jesus was coming to this, to this woman, this woman was someone that he was not supposed to talk to. He was exhausted. And she came up and he started to minister to her. Long story short, he talked to her, he told her about her life, and this woman then believed in Jesus as the Messiah. She went back and she told the entire town. And that's where we pick up on our story. You see, because while Jesus was talking to this woman, his disciples went into the town and they were buying bread to bring back. So let's look at this passage together. John chapter 4, starting in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. For that which you did not labor, others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Today, I want to talk about abundance. I want to talk about how when you see abundance, you reap abundance. The way that you look at life, and especially ministry, your calling, the opportunities that God has placed in front of you, when you see abundance, you reap abundance. I want to pray. Jesus, we just, Holy Spirit, we just give you permission to do whatever you want in our lives. Holy Spirit, we pray by your power that you would go through, that you would remove all distraction, that you would remove all opposition right now in the name of Jesus. That you would give us your eyes, and that by your Spirit, O God, Lord, that we would be as one man contending for the faith. That you would give us a supernatural insight into your words, and that you, O God, Lord, would plant your seed inside of our spirit, that it might bear much fruit, even today. So God, we expect more. We come to your word expecting a supernatural harvest today. We come to your word expecting it to change us today. And we ask, oh God, Lord, that we, oh God, would allow your word to transform our hearts and our minds and that we would live differently and that we would expect more from you. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. When you see abundance... You reap abundance. When you see abundance, you reap abundance. 
I, I love this story, you see, because the disciples, they came back and they said, Jesus, you know, we know that you sat down because you're tired. How many of you have ever been tired? You've worked hard and you've sat down and you're just like, yeah, I, need a, I need a break. I need a vacation. Nobody's raising your hands. I know that you have been tired. It was, it was just an awkward question, I suppose. So when we've all been tired. We've all been tired. We've all been at that place. And you know what? It's encouraging for me to know Jesus was a man. He was a, he was a human just like us. And, and he got tired. Jesus did work and he did ministry. And he sat down because he's like, I'm tired. I need to rest. But the Amazing thing about this story is that when the disciples came back, they're like, okay, Jesus, uh, who is that? Who are you talking to? Jesus, that was weird. Why are you talking to that woman? Here's your lunch. Jesus says, and you know, Jesus is always doing this. Typically, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, he's getting them out of their natural thinking. He's getting them out of the flesh, so to speak, and he's getting them into the spirit. Jesus was saying to them, he's like, hey guys, I want you to understand something. You're constantly thinking about the natural and the physical. But I am thinking about the spiritual. He says, you brought me lunch, but I have food that you don't know anything about. And his disciples, they're st- they don't get it, right? And they're like, did somebody bring him lunch? You know, did that woman, she have lunch? You know, it's like, what happened? Jesus says, no. Get your mind into the spiritual because my food, my sustenance is to do the will of the Father. Now this, this is crazy. Wait a second. So Jesus, you were tired, and food is a representation of sustenance, right? So when you eat food, it replenishes you. You get more energy. You're, you're, you're renewed. You're strengthened in your body. And, and I don't think that what Jesus is teaching here is you should never eat again. That's not, that's not the truth that he's trying to teach. What he's saying is I want you to know that Physical food will not renew your spirit. You can take a vacation, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get rest. You can, you can take a day off, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get renewed. You can, you can go to Florida. How many of you want to go to Florida right now? The temperature, I'm like, Lord, I remember summer only lasts for a season. Lord, help us. We could all go to Florida. We could fly to Florida right now. But did you know that that is not going to renew your spirit? What is it? It's to do the work. Wait a second. Jesus, you said you were tired. When you were tired, you stopped doing work. He says, no, not in the spiritual. You see, when I'm, when I'm weak, the Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. There's something powerful, you see, when you are operating in the kingdom and in the spirit. When you give out, God gives you more. Yeah. 
You see, Jesus was saying, guys, you think that bread is going to fix your problems. It's not going to fix your problems. You see, in heaven, there's abundant resource. There is abundant resource. He's like, guys, you don't get it, okay? We've been traveling through this town, and you're worried about bread. Let me tell you something. We're in Samaria. We're not supposed to be doing ministry in Samaria, but I'm doing ministry in Samaria. We're not supposed to be ministering to women, but I'm ministering to women. We're not supposed to be, I'm supposed to be too tired to do anything, but my strength comes from heaven. My food is to do the will of the Father. And I believe that some of us in this room, maybe you're so exhausted and you feel like, you know what, it's time for me to take a break from ministry. It's time for me to take a break from, from doing what I'm doing. And, and the real issue is not that you're doing too much. It's that you're doing it in your own strength. The real issue is not that you have too much on your plate. It's that you're trying to do all that's on your plate with you. You see, Jesus is saying, look at this. He says, meanwhile, uh, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. My food, verse 34, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Listen to this passage. This is so powerful. Isaiah chapter 40, 27 through 31. This is the perspective that Jesus had in that moment. When he was tired, when he sat down, this is what he said. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by God? Anyone ever felt like, you know what, God doesn't see? Man, I, I'm just, the, the Lord doesn't know all, you know, all the troubles that I have. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. That's what Israel was singing. They were, they were saying, God, you don't see. It's so hard. It's so difficult. It's so, I, I have so little resources. I don't have enough money. I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. My cause is disregarded by God. Do you not know have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Next verse. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Jesus says, I know that even when I'm tired, just because my physical body is tired does not mean that I don't have the abundance of heaven to supply my need. Some of you, you've said, you know what, I'm not going to go over here to do this or that, even though God has asked you to do that. I can't give in that way because I don't have enough. Jesus is saying, you think that you're the one that provides. I'm the one that provides. So when I tell you to do something, you do it. That's where your replenishment comes from. That's where your source is. In obedience, you find that you have sustenance. 
in your obedience, you find that you have sustenance. You know, I, um, I had a, uh, a season where this was something that I was just really, um, really struggling with. And I remember um, I was so tired. I, I was so, just so exhausted and, and, and really feeling sorry for myself and uh, just kind of at a place that I was just depleted. Uh, I had been pushing hard and I was just, I was just tired. I was just really tired and I was emotionally tired. I was spiritually tired. I was physically tired. And I remember I was, I was, I was praying and, and I, had, I had this encounter with Jesus. And I think that it was probably one of the most significant encounters I've ever had post-salvation. And I remember I was laying on the ground and I got this picture. And I got this picture that the Holy Spirit came and he unzipped me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And then he unzipped my heart. And then Jesus walked into my heart and laid down in a hammock. I said, that is weird. (laughs) And I remember that moment and I was kind of like, okay, God, I'm going to need some context and a little bit of an explanation here. And I felt like the Lord said to me, You've been striving for the past 10 years of your life. I want to show you how to work from a place of rest. Because when I am somewhere, my presence goes ahead of me and does the work. I don't strive to do things. It changed my life. That moment changed my life. Because from that moment, I said, God, I'm not doing this in my own strength. I can't strive any longer. You see, we don't need to strive. We need to rest. You don't strive in the flesh. You allow the presence of God to go before you and to do the work on your behalf. When the presence of God goes ahead of you, there is nothing impossible for you. And here's the thing, when you go in the presence of God, something happens where all of a sudden it's not you anymore, and it's not exhausting. I remember so many conversations with people, and I'm begging them, and I'm saying, you've got to see the truth of God in the Word and read your Bible. You need Jesus, and I'm, and I'm pleading with them, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling them, you've got to get closer to God. You've got to get closer to God. And they're like, yeah, 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 and they're just doing their own thing. Why? Because I'm trying to convince them. Meanwhile, they're looking at me, and they're saying, well, why are you all so stressed out? I don't know if I want that. <laughs> but when you work from a place of rest... You start to pray for someone, you say, God, change their heart. You know, I can't say anything. All of a sudden, you go and you, you say something, and then they say, oh, you're right. You're like, wait, you, what'd you say? I'm right? It's because they didn't listen to you. They were listening to the Holy Spirit. 
They weren't trying to understand what you're trying to say. They're trying to hear from God. And God is the one that does the work through us. And the disciples came and they said, Jesus, you need to eat bread. And he's like, no, you need the bread of heaven. He says, you don't understand. I get my sustenance and my energy from doing the work of the Lord, but not doing it in my own strength, doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are tired in this room. And you were ready to give up. But I want to tell you today, it's not time to give up. It's time to lay down. It's time to rest in the presence of God and allow the supernatural power of God to go before you and to fight your battles. When you rest in the presence and you pray and you say, God, you're the one that has your way. You're the one that goes before me. You're the one that strengthens me. Then all of a sudden, nothing's impossible. We have abundant resources. You feel like you don't have enough energy? There's enough energy. You feel like you don't have enough resources? There's enough resources. If you want to go and save the pandas, you can go and save the pandas. Nothing is impossible. There's no problems that the power of God can't overcome. Verse 35, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. (laughs) They're like, Jesus, we have a piece of bread. He's like, a piece of bread. Look, there's fields. Don't bring a piece of bread to me. Let's look at what is going on. You know, sometimes we are looking down. We're constantly looking down. And we're saying, Well, you know, I've got this little gift here, and I've got these little resources here, and and maybe, maybe if I if I work harder and if I'm more disciplined, maybe this can happen and maybe that can happen. And look, I'm not saying that this discipline is bad. Discipline is good. It's all good. But if that's what you're relying on, you're in trouble. I got this little this little ability and this little thing and and you know I I think that maybe maybe this could work maybe if I put these things together and God's saying hey if you look up he said you say that there's four months look I tell you lift up your eyes raise your vision There is an abundant harvest. Sometimes we say, well, man, we're so happy with with, with what God did here, and we're so happy with the little thing that God did here. But Jesus is saying, I'm happy with that too, and there's no small thing that God does. But then he's saying, but guys, there is a lot more. What have you seen in your life so far? What have you seen God do? How have you seen God work in miracles and signs and wonders? How have you seen God bring salvation through your life? Have you seen that? If you haven't, you can. If you you have, there's more. There's so much more. There's, look, if I can tell you today, God wants to raise your vision. He wants to make you like a little child. 
just this week, I, I was, uh, it was like, this was like two days ago. I'm walking out of my house to, to go get something. My kids were, uh, uh, they were in bed. They were getting, they were going to sleep. And I was going to run to the store real quick and grab something. And I, as I was walking out, I, I saw Owen, my oldest. He's in the bed. And, and I just went in there and I was like, hey, Owen. I'm like, you know, you're incredible. And I was like, you are, you know, the potential that God has inside of you. Nothing is going to be impossible for you. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to speak life over him. I'm going to just encourage him. I'm going to prophesy over his life. I want him to remember these words that I'm saying because I want him to know nothing is impossible for him. So I just begin to, to talk to him. And, 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 and so I was like, so you can do, uh, nothing's impossible. God's going to use you to do incredible things. And he looks at me and he goes, just like this. He pats me on the shoulder. He says, I believe that, Dad. I was like, am I even saved? I'm just going to, like, what? He's like, okay, Dad. I'm like, you're eight. You're not 18. Like, don't, don't. He was like, Dad, okay, I get it. Like, I already know that that's going to happen. You didn't have to tell me that. I already knew that. There was an expectation. He's like, well, of course all of that's going to happen. I know that. And he could see that. I'm like, no, you got to believe this. He's like, it's okay, Dad. I believe it already. I think that that's what the heart that the, the we're supposed to have. God says, hey, I want to do this through you. I want to see thousands of people come to know Jesus through your life. And we just say, Jesus, I believe that. I believe that. I want to see you end poverty in this area of the world. I believe that. I want to see you bring about where there's no more homelessness in Chicago. I believe that. I want to see you do something beyond what you're doing now. Something that is so crazy and outside of the box. And we just say, God, I believe that. Because in Jesus, there's an abundant harvest. The disciples brought a piece of bread. But Jesus says, lift up your eyes. Look, the fields are ripe for harvest. You know what? There was more than one field. He didn't say the field is ripe for harvest. He's like, guys, you missed it. We're in the middle of Samaria. This is a field. This is a place where I want to do my work. And he says, come on, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes because you're thinking small. There's supernatural timelines. You think that something is supposed to take X amount of time, but when you work with Jesus, he expedites things. And he says, you know what, in the natural, yeah, that's right, it takes four months to bring harvest, but I tell you, today is harvest time. Listen to this, Amos, Amos chapter 9, verse 13, it says this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. He says, hey, you know what? The person that's crushing the grapes is going to be overtaken. The person, uh, they're going to overtake the person that's sowing seeds. In other words, the fruit's going to be coming up so fast that the person who's sowing the seed is going to be overtaken saying, I can't sow enough seed. It just keeps bringing fruit. 
Everywhere I throw it, it just produces fruit. Like I just get this picture of just someone running and just throwing seed. It's like, I don't know, over there, over there. Because the fruit's coming so fast. Supernatural timelines. We have no idea. We have no idea. Don't put a timeline on God. Don't put a limit on God. Don't put anything on God. There's no boxes that he fits in. Just obey him. Just say, God, I believe. For, for here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. There's an abundant partnership. You know, anybody ever felt like you were like, man, I'm just all alone. I'm just doing this and I'm the only one that's saved in my family. And, you know, there's, this is just hard, the area. I'm the only one that's in my workplace. No one else knows Jesus there. And it's just hard. And, 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 but you know what? There is abundant partnerships. You have no idea. You have no idea the partners that you have in the spirit. You're not doing this alone. And I love this. He's like, look, you guys are reaping from a field you didn't even sow in. You didn't plan anything there. You know what's crazy is that sometimes when, when we're walking on the street, we have no idea the people that have been prayed over a hundred times before you ever get to them. You have no idea the grandma that's been praying for their grandchild for years. And you go up and you think that you're the first one, but it's like, no, nah, that field's already been planted. You're just there to pick the fruit. So, real quickly, I want to I give some time for us to pray. I want to tell you a quick story. So, some of you might remember about two years ago, I shared a story about my wife's family. Uh, they are missionaries in China. So her grandparents were missionaries to China. And um, in the 50s, all of the, uh, the missionaries were kicked out because of communism. Uh, it was 49 and 50. And so what happened was, is the missionaries left thinking we've really, in a lot of ways, we failed uh, because they left towns, they left places where they had been praying, and it was very seemingly hard ground. You, by the way, you have no idea. You don't know if it's hard ground or not. You have no idea. It might feel hard, it might look hard, but you have no idea. So these missionaries, they were sowing seed, and then they had to leave. Well, what happened was, when they left, the underground church exploded. And, and there was literally like revival hit China. And in all of the towns where there were crosses, that's where the revivals were started. Because the towns where there was crosses, that meant that that's where the missionaries died. That's where the believers died. So... I'm telling this story and I'm saying, you know, you have no idea what you're, what you're sowing into. There's a, 
Without me knowing it, there's an exchange student from China sitting in the room. His mom had a house church in China. And while in China, he's like, I don't know about all this. And he wasn't really, he wasn't a believer. But his mom said, look, you need to find a place like this when you go to America, when you go to Chicago. And so uh, someone, someone brought him to the church and, and, and he started coming to the church. He hears the story that I just told you. And he says, there's crosses in the graveyard in my town. That, my mom has an underground church right now. He's like, there's no way that this guy is talking about my town. And he says, that's it, I'm giving my life to Jesus. He gets saved. The Lord brings him all the way from China, from the underground church, to sit in here, to hear a story about his background, and then he gives his life to Jesus. You have no idea. You have no idea who you're talking to. You have no idea the impact that you're making. Never hold back from obeying the voice of God and doing the work of the Father. You don't know. You're ministering to a little baby. You don't know the seeds that you're sowing. You say, well, they can't talk. Yeah, but they have a spirit. You don't know. You're ministering to a kid and they're like, they're running around like crazy. You have no idea what's sinking in. You talk to someone at a bus stop and you might just say, you know, Jesus loves you. You don't know what that means to them. You have no idea. It's not our job to know all the history and it's not our job to know the future. We're just God's farmers. We reap when we're supposed to reap and we sow when we're supposed to sow. And we believe that, you know what, when we drop a seed, fruit is coming right away because that's the time of Jesus. The prophecy of Amos 9 is being fulfilled in our day. And I believe that we are going to see a harvest that there is no way that we could have worked hard enough for. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want to just pray. Maybe you came into the place today, to this, to this church, and you thought, you know, I'm tired, and I just don't have enough. I don't have it in me to do what God is asking me to do. And you've been doing it in your own strength, and today God is saying, you know what, just don't. Look to the abundance of heaven. Maybe you're tired here and you're saying, I'm just, I'm just done. You're not done because Jesus is in you. Jesus isn't done. Even though youth grow tired and weak, those who put their hope in the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. God wants to strengthen you today. He wants to empower you. Maybe you lost hope. You didn't know. You didn't know if there's enough resources. You didn't know if there's enough. Uh, you, you thought, well, maybe this is just what God has for me. It's this little thing. I want to encourage you. Lift up your eyes. There's enough for all of us, by the way. If you're worried that someone else is taking over your ministry, there's enough for all of us. There's enough. 
Come on, just lift up your hands to Jesus. Just lift up your gaze to heaven. Come on, can we just pray that God would change our perspective? That we would see things like Jesus did? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. just look up to heaven get a fresh vision of who Jesus is get a fresh vision of who Jesus is there's more there's more there's an abundance we need an abundance mentality there is an abundance there is an abundance hallelujah there's an abundance of work and there's an abundance of resources father right now we just pray that you, O oh God, would give us a new perspective. We repent of small thinking. We repent, O oh God, of thinking that we are all that we have. We repent, O oh God, for doing things in our own strength and not looking to the Spirit of God to do the work ahead of us. perspective God grab the hand of the person next to you I want you to pray God lift their eyes help them to see abundance help them to see the abundance of the kingdom help them to see that there's more that you have more in store for them. Come on, pray to your right and pray to the left. Pray that God increases their perspective. I pray right now that you would bring us out of thinking in the natural to thinking in the supernatural. God, I pray that we would, oh God, not allow natural thinking to make the determination for what we will obey you for. I pray that natural thinking will not determine 
what we believe you for. I pray that natural thinking will not determine, oh God, what we, oh God, pray to see happen. We pray for supernatural abundance. Supernatural abundance, oh God. The fields, the fields are white. The fields are ripe and ready to be harvested, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Just begin to worship God. Just begin to turn your gaze to heaven. Hallelujah, Lord. striving we're done striving we're just gonna do things oh God with your strength and your ability we love you and we give you praise in Jesus name amen hallelujah amen God bless you give somebody a hug on your way out we'll see you on Tuesday